Hello Internet, my name's Jonathan Cook. And I'm Matt Noble. And this week on the Kids Film Review Podcast, <laughs> we're doing Hugo. In 3D. In 3D. Yes, we've seen a couple of... Uh, Put on your glasses now. Yep. The podcast is in 3D to your ears. Yes. We've done a couple of kids' films recently, but uh, still yeah. looking forward to seeing Hugo. Not getting tired of the of the kids' films. Well, Oscar nominations have just come out, and Hugo got the most nominations of any movie, 11. 11 so nominations. So it's a very good time to be talking about it. <laughs> Water cooler buzz at a high. We're a topical podcast. Yeah. No, 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 for sure. Uh, Hugo. So obviously the Academy, <laughs> obviously the Academy's heard of Hugo. Yes. Uh, for those of you at home who haven't heard about Hugo, what's Hugo about? Well, what an ordeal getting to the movie. Firstly, <laughs> <laughs> you were meant to be picking me up at twelve thirty. Yeah, I was worried that you wouldn't be ready in time because you were doing. I was a, hosting uh, a web show. You were hosting yeah. a live stream. Goldderby.com. Yeah. yeah. So I was worried you wouldn't be ready. I ended up not being ready because I was watching your live stream <laughs> at home and ended up leaving my own house too late. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks very much. <laughs> so we, we got there late. Then the girl at the movie desk gave me some attitude. <laughs> some, I, think, I think you were the first to give out the attitude. She well, gave she said, you a ticket and then you, <laughs> without the 3D glasses, which were coming, but before she had the chance to give you the glasses, you just looked at her and said, glasses? Not... Oh, please, can I also have the glasses, or do you have... The session had already started. She needed to have more urgency. Like, uh, and she'd said, there you go. I'm getting a phone call. And then she... Oh. Should we put it on the podcast? Yeah, put it on the podcast. Hi, is it Jonathan? Yeah, there's me. I'm just recording a uh, a podcast. You're on the podcast. You know, you gave me a number. You do jiu-jitsu, mate. I do do jiu-jitsu. Class is here at UTS, man, for 10 bucks a class, bro. All right, that sounds good. $10 is a good deal. Yep. Uh, do you have any opinions on the film Hugo? Have you seen the film Hugo? Hugo? Oh, no, I haven't seen that. No, I think it's pretty good, actually. That's what we're doing. An- animation, isn't it? Uh, no, it's in, it's in 3D, uh, Martin Scorsese's film. That's what we're doing the podcast on, so we're just seeing if you had any opinions to put, to share on the podcast. Yeah, it's pretty good, I reckon. I haven't seen it, but I think it's from just the commercial looks pretty good. All right, we'll, we'll we'll put that in the uh, in the description of the podcast. It's pretty good, I reckon, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, <laughs> just the commercials. Yeah, yeah, the trailer looked good. All right, well, thanks, Steve. All right, dude, take it easy. All right, see ya. See. So there's a bit of a preview of a verdict there. Pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen yeah, it. He hasn't seen it, but it seems like he'd be giving it a pretty good score. Yeah, he liked the trailer. Um. Yeah, but anyway, no, 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 no. With the glasses, <laughs> she had not moved. She just said, she had me to go, there you go. And then she didn't do anything. And I said, glasses. Then she said, yes, they're coming. And gave me the dirtiest look. <laughs> yeah, but then, then we, we got out there. And I, I'm running down the aisle so I can see the screen. And I turn around to Jonathan and, and sort of shout out, remember to put your glasses on. <laughs> And I run into a lady that's standing in the corridor. <laughs> uh, luckily, she seemed okay. It was hard to see because it was dark. And then, what, we're going up the stairs, you drop your glasses. You <laughs> You're looking for a up. seat. I'm You're asking my seat. opinion where we should sit. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like on the floor. On the, my hands and feet, glasses. it's dark. I can't yeah. see the glasses. And then we go to sit ne- There weren't any, like... I like to not sit next to people I don't know, but we had to sit next to someone I didn't know, and I like sat down and like sat on their bag. They'd put on the seat next to them, so it was just just a, a bit of an adventure getting to Hugo, let alone the actual movie. 
Yeah, we'll let you know whether the adventure in Hugo was lived up to our adventure or whether we, we had more fun uh, in yeah, getting there. Getting there, yes. So the story of Hugo... Yes. ...is about two people trying to buy tickets to a movie. <laughs> uh, it's a pretty entertaining adventure. No, the story <laughs> of Hugo is... There's a little boy... Yeah, Hugo. His name's Hugo. His name, yeah. That was something I was wondering before I saw the film. Is Hugo the robot or the boy? Yes, and it was the boy. Yeah. So for those of you with the uh, the sweeps at home, yep. the, boys, the boys just mm-hmm. won. Yes. Uh, he has a, a father, yes. Jude Law, hmm. who gives to him a... Robot. An automaton. It's, referred, it's a robot. It's a robot. But, I mean... Yeah. Um, but it doesn't even... It doesn't work. It's a broken robot. Yes, and that's basically the story of of him while living in this uh, clock tower. Yeah, he lives in the station, the train station, and it seems like his job is to make sure all the clocks work. And outside of that, he's trying to fix this automaton. Yes, so making clocks work by day, playing with robots by night. Yeah, his his skill sets are... Clock, cog-related... Yeah, like Ryan Gosling in Drive. Yeah. Multiple multiple yeah. jobs and uh, pastimes yes. interlocking with his driving abilities. Yeah. I didn't know that with clocks, there were little boys making clocks work. <laughs> like running around in clocks, pull it, turning gears and... Yeah, I can't wait and... to get home and pull my yeah. clock apart. <laughs> see, see who's in there. <laughs> See if there are any little uh, poor kids I can I can help out. Yeah, together. <laughs> help them with their robots. <laughs> so his dad gave him a broken robot. Usually, when my dad gets me a gift, it works. <laughs> Usually, my dad gets me something that is brand new from the shops. Uh... <laughs> well, uh, Jude Law, he wasn't a good partner. Can't expect him to be a good father. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so yeah. Uh... But the dad's not in the picture, really. He, it's he, not his story. No. It's the story of Hugo. It's the story of Chloe Grace Moretz, the young girl from Kick-Ass. Yeah. Who Loved was amazing. Her in Kick-Ass. Loved that Kick-Ass. was so yeah. good. I never thought watching a, like, 13-year-old girl chop people's heads off and say the C word uh, would be so entertaining. <laughs> yeah, I was... A little worried about the uh, adjective you had used at the end of that sentence. A bit of a risk you were going there in a sexual nature. But yes, entertaining. Very entertaining film, that kick-ass. Very entertaining So she's a little girl that Hugo makes friends with in the film. And she sort of joins him on this adventure which involves fixing this robot and the secrets behind the robot. Yes. Yeah, she gets caught up in, in the adventure. A willing participant, though. And we have Ben Kingsley yes. playing the crusty old man who runs a toy shop, mm. which Hugo tries to steal little parts from to make this robot, and he sort of becomes involved in the story, and he's the sort of the crusty old man that uh, that Hugo tangles with on, yes. his, on his journey. Yeah, so we've got these characters. What did you think about these these three characters? Well, I was impressed with Hugo's eyes, the colour of his eyes. Yeah. I didn't know how much of that was due to post-production, but those are some of the most blue eyes I've mm. ever seen yeah. on the screen. Really popped in 3D. They were, they were right in front of you. Mm, okay, yeah. Yeah. 
So that's what you thought about. That's Kerry. what I thought about the boy. Yeah, that, 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 that sums up my opinions. Oh, well, very good job on his Matt yeah. Scorsese. Yeah. Nice color grading. There was an Oscar for best eyes. You would have got 12 nominations. <laughs> uh, I was a huge fan of Chloe Grace Moretz in the film. I thought she was fantastic yeah. again. Obviously not the original, u- unique, attention-grabbing performance than in ki- what she had in Kick-Ass, but in terms of the the skill with which she delivered the lines, how she encapsulated the character, I thought she was very believable and very entertaining. Definitely not as fun or... I'm going to say with a disclaimer, hot as a rolling kick-ass. I mean, hot as in hip, cool, dynamic, not... not. Yeah, you could have just said hip, dynamic, without saying hot. Okay. Yeah, something Freudian there, indeed. (laughs) Okay, we're we're getting off track here. We're getting off track here. I, um... Right, you've got me all worked up now. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Coming up next in the Chloe Grace Moretz podcast, we try and list and discover words that are acceptable to use when describing her film performances. I'm going to get arrested at the back end of this podcast. <laughs> yes, but uh, she I, I agree. She was very good in this. Yeah. She uh, liked to use big words that seem to be her character's quirk. She does a lot of reading. She uses big words. I thought those lines were delivered quite well because the character was aware that she was intentionally trying to use these big words and there'd be yes. a bit of a pause to make sure she was using the correct one and then she'd wait for the response knowing that she'd... Yes. Um, <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> she too had to think carefully about the words she used in the yes. films like us <laughs> in the podcast. Exactly. So I know you're a big fan of her. Uh, what was your opinion on no, Ben Kingsley? I'm not Kingsley? that big a fan. I'm not that big a fan of her. Uh, yeah, I was indifferent. Uh, yeah. What did you think of Ben Kingsley in the film? Um, I thought he was alright. Sort of did what he had to. His character was annoying at times. He's a bit of a whinger. My greatest problem in the film was Ben Kingsley's character. Mm. At the start of the film, he was incredibly unlikable. Yes. And I think, okay, he's supposed to be unlikable... There's going to be an explanation for this or a character turn and it'll be all be okay. Yeah. When you discover why he's sort of running away from the past and is such a miserable character, it's incredibly unsatisfying. It yeah. doesn't excuse any of his actions. He's yeah. still just an annoying, miserable guy. There's a scene where he says to Hugo, I trusted you, you're just cruel. <laughs> I did not know at what point before then that he had put any trust in Hugo at all. And been cruel to Hugo himself. Yeah. Like, I don't... I just... That didn't make any sense to me. I thought, Hugo, really, you've never trusted him with anything. They're very, very bizarre, very... I think people in this movie kept too many secrets. Like, if they'd just been open with each other at the very beginning, like, it would have solved a lot of dramas. I don't think there would have been a film. Yeah, you're right. But, like, usually in these movies where there are secrets... You, you understand why the characters have kept those secrets. Yes. Like, you, you go, oh, okay, I understand why Snape in Harry Potter didn't tell them he was a good guy for the whole books and things. Oh, I understand why, you know, this character held on to that secret. But in this movie, it just seemed like it would have just been so easy for them just to say, hey, feeling a bit low, my dad died, 
you know, he sort of, like, left me this. Like, just stuff like that. I didn't get why everyone was so closed and wouldn't say anything to each other about anything. Yeah, I don't think it is a good sign for a film when you have the big reveal of what everything has been leading up to, why people have been acting the way they were. Yeah. And your response is, so what? Yeah. What was the fuss about? (laughs) You could have just told people this an hour ago. (laughs) Would have saved Hugo a lot of trouble. And if Hugo had been more upfront about things at the beginning, would have saved Ben Kingsley a lot of trouble. And it's it's And the librarian, who seemed to know everything, had just said something (laughs) as well. He could have cleared everything up. (laughs) And it's a long film as well. 128 minutes for a kid's film. Yeah. Could have saved a lot of money in the budget as well. Yeah. I, I also think... For characters who didn't really tell each other anything, they seemed to know a lot of things when they needed to. Considering that the characters are so reluctant to share backstories, they seem overly willing to share emotions to give expositionary speeches, if you will. Like, this is why I'm doing this, because this was my relationship with such and such, and this is how I feel it affects my place in the Earth. Yes. There was a lot of that going on. Yeah. Then there was another character, Sasha Baron Cohen, played. Bit of a bungling uh, station guard who who seemed like his job was arresting kids. Like, that seemed to be the only thing he was doing. Because the kids were stealing stuff, but it seemed like he caused a lot more financial damage to the businesses in the area than the kids were from having stolen stuff. I was pretty split on the character of the mm. the station manager, yes. Inspector, played by Sasha Baron Cohen. First of all, I couldn't get past the fact that it was Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh. Once you've seen his private parts speak yeah. on the screen... It's kind of hard to watch him in a kid's film yeah. and uh, and separate separate him from his previous performances. Yeah. There was a lot of slapstick comedy from mm. his character, which I yeah. did not like at all. It seemed very Looney Tunes-ish. But in terms of the dialogue he gave, I did find that to be quite funny and a bit of a nice break from the, the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He broke, broke it up a bit, gave it a bit of a, a different feel so it wasn't just the same pace, the same emotions the whole yeah. way through the film. So some of it was funny, but very strange character, really. Sometimes I like what he was doing. Sometimes I didn't. Like, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't, I, th- I think, the film. So, yeah, I was pretty mixed on him, too. Um, and, and then he, like, starts, like, flirting with the flower shop girl. Like, I'm not sure if his character needed a romantic arc in the thing. And he's just such a douche. Like, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, man, I'm, like, a much nicer guy than this guy. And, like... That, that flower girl probably wouldn't give me the time of day. Like... <laughs> give yourself a chance, Matt. I reckon, I reckon Emily Mortimer would be, uh, give you, <laughs> would give you an in. Okay. We'll see. It sounded dirtier than I wanted it to be. <laughs> Get your mind out, Jonathan. Moving on from the characters, this was also a 3D movie. Okay? I know this because you're wearing the 3D glasses right now. Yes. Is a 3D movie. Uh, we haven't seen or reviewed a 3D movie no, yet. We so, might be good for us to give our thoughts on what we think of the 3D medium. Bit of a hot topic, the 3D, yeah. amongst the, uh, the film goers. A lot of my friends do not like this. 
They complain. They go, oh, why would you see it in 3D? It's silly. You've got to wear the glasses the whole time. It costs more money. A lot of haters for the 3D. Yeah, let's go through some of the pros and cons okay. of the 3D. Pro, get to wear glasses. I like wearing glasses. A bit of a novelty aspect yeah. to wearing the 3D glasses. Yeah. Yes, I would agree with that. Moving on to the cons. You have to pay more. Yes, this is the big con in my <laughs> mind. Is that it? Is that your pro and con? <laughs> I, I think another pro is that it is something different. Like, it, it, it's a different way of watching a movie. You, it, 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 there's a bit of depth, a bit more depth, and, and that's sort of fun. Like, I, most movies I see aren't 3D, so when I see a 3D one, it, I, I am interested in it. When it comes to 3D, I think it's quite important whether the film was shot specifically for 3D or whether they've just done a quick post-production job yes. on the film just so they can charge more for 3D yes. tickets. I agree. Some of the films that I've seen that have I felt like that have been the case was The Green Hornet and Thor, perhaps a couple of others. I did not like these movies anymore because they were 3D. If anything, I, I liked them less. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I felt... A lot of the times it didn't quite work. It, it hadn't been done that well. Some things were quite blurry, out of out of focus. Yeah, It was inhibited. I was distracted okay. by the 3D. So I was keen to see a film such as Hugo that I believe Martin Scorsese wanted to shoot specifically yes. for 3D. Yeah. In Hugo, I don't think the 3D added to the film at all. Only about four or five times throughout the film did I think, oh, this shot works in 3D. This was for 3D. A lot of the time... It looked... I, I wasn't even really thinking I was watching a 3D film. It just looked very 2D. It was yeah. only every now and again that an object would actually really stand out from the screen. Yes. I don't think it worked when you had objects at different distances. Obviously, when we were looking at something in the distance, things up close were very blurry. And also when things were moving quickly. Yeah. During some of the action chase sort of scenes, I don't know whether it was my eyes just couldn't keep up with it, but I didn't think it was completely in focus, and I felt the 3D was actually inhibiting my watching experience. Yeah. I'd agree with you. I, I want to see 3D movies that were made for 3D. Avatar, I felt like I had to see in 3D. Thank goodness I did, because it is such a terrible movie on every other <laughs> level um, that it was great to see, like because the, the visuals are stunning, and it was pretty impressive seeing it in 3D. The, the script is just a nightmare. For that movie. So I, I was very... Um, Avatar, I was glad I saw that in 3D. I've seen a couple of Pixar films in 3D, and I think that's a, that's a bit of depth. I didn't find it too offensive or, or too amazing. Uh, Hugo... Uh, 3D is definitely not something I want to be seeing every movie in. I do not want a time when all movies are 3D. I like to see a 3D movie maybe once a year as my 3D movie, <laughs> and then just see 2D movies for the rest of the year. Both financially, and I think the novelty would wear off quite quickly with the 3D. Hugo, I sort of agree that a lot of times it seemed unnecessary or like it wasn't made for 3D. I think the stuff in the clock towers and the little corridors and nooks and crannies and things was great. That that was fantastic. If more of the movie had taken place in these clock towers, I think the 3D would have been better. Because that's when it really worked. And you got the view of Paris outside the clock. Like, that's very, it's very good. The guy behind this, the man, the man in the clock tower of Hugo, Martin Scorsese, directed it. Really, I thought he was just 
had a small bit part <laughs> in the film. <laughs> he directed it as well, did he? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. That, let's, that let's man talk about Scorsese him. cameo. That was not all, his entire contribution to the film. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's talk about him a bit. What do you think about Martin Scorsese? How do you think this one r- ranks with the other Scorsese's? I've seen quite a few Scorsese films, so I suppose I like him a little bit to keep mm-hmm. on watching. Yeah. Scorsese seems to be one of the most highly regarded directors. Mm-hmm. Film fans will yeah. often place him at the top, if not the top, their yeah. their favourite directors. Yeah. When it comes to Scorsese films, I like pretty much all of them, but I never really love them. Goodfellas, Raging Bull, Departed. I think they're, they're, all, they're all really good, hmm. but none of them are my favourites. The only one which really struck home for me, the one that was, uh, I think is truly a classic, is Taxi Driver. Not The Aviator? No, not The Aviator. <laughs> Taxi Driver. <laughs> so I was expecting going into this that I would, that I would like the film because I, I always appreciate Scorsese's work, but I wasn't super hyped to see it because yeah. none of his films are really my favourites. I've seen less Scorsese than you have, so I, I don't think I'm probably as much of a fan as you are. Um, I, I guess to talk about some of his recent films, The Aviator I thought was terrible. Alan Alder gave a good performance in it, and that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> and The Departed I thought was great. I loved The Departed. That was a really good film. It wasn't my favourite film that year, so I wouldn't have voted for it to win Best Picture, but I really thought that was a, a really outstanding effort. And I'm glad that that's the film he won the Oscar for, rather than these sort of more Oscar-baity projects like The Aviator or Gangs of New York and things that seem designed for Oscar, maybe even Hugo. Uh, so I, I'm glad he won for that one, and I really liked it. So he's a guy, I'll, I'll like his films or I won't like his films. I, I don't, not invested to him personally. In terms of Scorsese's contribution to Hugo, I think... It was on par with some of his other films. I really liked the direction, the visuals, uh, the mm-hmm. cinematography. A lot of the shots I really enjoyed. It had, a, it had a good feel to it, Hugo. I sort of wanted to get into it. Uh, I wanted to like Hugo. Yeah. But I think the story is perhaps not on par with some of the, the most popular Scorsese it, films. The visuals in this film are definitely better than the story of this film. And, and I think that's probably due to Scorsese being the director the one thing I would say about the direction, the film I thought was a bit long. And I don't know whether this stuff gets blamed on the director or the editor or, you know, like I'm not sure exactly who just, who... Studio. Yeah, I, but, but I'd say that's, if I was to critique Scorsese's direction anywhere here, some se- sequences went on way too long. I definitely agree with yeah. that. Here's a little other problem I have with this movie. Uh, I have this for quite a few movies. It's definitely not a deal breaker. But this movie is set in Paris in the 1930s. Uh, unfortunately, uh, glad Owen Wilson wasn't there. He would have been complaining about how much he would have wished to be there 10 years earlier. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, but yeah, it's set in Paris in the 1930s. I did not know in the 1930s in Paris that he, everyone spoke English. I did not realise the French language was this modern. And not only does everyone speak English... Everyone has different accents. Mm. There's English, there's Americans, yeah. and then there's one token dude who tries to do a French accent, the yeah. librarian. Yeah. It was very strange. Yeah, very bizarre. Uh, they went to the library in one sequence, and the book they were reading was in French. But yes, all the text <laughs> like, all... around the place is in French, so at least have the accent to go along with it, so there's some yeah. level of believability there. 
yeah, I I always get a bit annoyed in films where it's set in another country and they don't speak the language. You know, when Clint Eastwood did Letters from Iwo Jima, they spoke Japanese. They didn't speak... They didn't get a whole lot of British actors to play the Japanese soldiers. They, um, it is a kid's film. You can't expect okay. kids to read subtitles. And but, but at least try and make us believe that they're, they're somewhat French yeah, somehow. Yeah, yeah. The girl, Chloe, is wearing a beret. And Sasha Barracone has a bit of a sort of a French moustache sort of thing. <laughs> so uh, I think that that was their attempts. <laughs> Said, uh, no one's French in this film. because they oh, we'll get wardrobe to take care of that. <laughs> so... Uh, I, I feel like I'm being maybe a little harsh since we talked about how much we loved Ratatouille. Which <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the verdict. Let's give our, our verdict on this. Verdict. Hugo. Mm. Hugo was a movie that had some things I can definitely admire. I, th- I loved the kid in the clock tower, living in the clock tower. I thought that was a fun premise and sort of him, him sort of like having to live sort of a bit of life on the lamb. There was a sort of an interesting mystery at the beginning with a key and a robot. And as the pieces started to come together, this movie got less and less satisfying. Uh, ben Kingsley's motives were never really fleshed out or understood. Um, yeah, it just seemed like it started off with a lot more promise than it ended. And I was sort of bored by about halfway through this film. I, I think a good... Initial premise, they didn't have a good ending to this adventure, and I'm going to have to give it a 6. Actually, 5.5. Oh, I don't know. That seems awfully low. It seems like the 5.56 is actually quite a big jump. So what are you going with? Oh, my. Um, 5.5. All right, my verdict. Things that I liked about the film was... The cinematography, some of the the shots, the direction I enjoyed. Mm. Uh, I really liked Chloe Grace Moretz. I enjoyed her performance. I really liked Asa Butterfield's blue eyes. There were some good eyes. Man, if I was that kid, I would totally be in love with Chloe Grace Moretz. You'd just be like, she is like the cutest, coolest girl that I'm shooting this film with, and I'm in love with you. Yeah, I think you should be uh, Asa. Ask her out. Yeah. <laughs> Ask her out. She's not taken. Make your move. Yeah, go for it. Um, yeah, I don't. You're, don't, you're don't, the lead in a Scorsese yeah, film. Yeah, Do you don't turn you down. Yeah, don't keep secrets. Don't have secrets. <laughs> Let her know how you feel. Let her know what's what the story is. Ask her out. Uh, don't make the same mistake all the characters in this movie did. And I suppose I liked some of the comedic bits from Sasha Baron Cohen, but not all of them. That was pretty much it for the pros. Things that I didn't like about the film, it was way too long. Yes. The film starts to shift focus away from the history of the robot and more of towards Ben Kingsley's character, and that was incredibly uninteresting to me. I did not like Ben Kingsley's character at all, and the ending is very unsatisfying. Yeah, that that is interesting what you say, that, like, it sort of starts off as a film about uh, Hugo and his dad, and it's really just about Ben Kingsley at the end, isn't it, really? And that's incredibly disappointing to me. Yeah, no, I think it was disappointing to everyone. We wanted to, like, I think we're more invested in the Hugo and his dad relationship than the Ben Kingsley character. I had quite a significant problem with the script. The the dialogue, half the dialogue could have been cut. So much exposition in it. 
I know it's a kid's film, but I feel as a kid, I would be bored by this film. Kids have short attention spans. You, you know, you've got you to get in there and get out. I think this struck kind of a weird middle ground. To me, I don't think I would enjoy this as a kid, but it was almost too immature, too childish for me to like it in some respects. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, if Martin Scorsese was here, you've called this a kid's film a lot. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you hey, it, it, It's not a kid's film. It's a... It's a, it's a it's a film for everyone. I, I make movies for everyone. This, this is not for kids. This is film, you know, everyone can enjoy this. <laughs> as good as that Scorsese impression was, I feel like you're talking a lot during my verdict. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> uh, okay. No, but I, I'd have to disagree with you, Mr. Scorsese. I, I think you found a very weird middle ground of, of mediocrity. And there was also one other small problem I had with it. You have a person hanging from a hand of a clock... It's kind of a really cliched shot to me. And you don't even include the shot. You don't even get the wide shot to see the person hanging from the clock like you do in the posters in the trailer. It's bizarre. You don't even get that shot. You just get the cliche of the idea. Very strange to me. So yeah, I was a little disappointed because I liked the feel of the film. I, I wanted to enjoy Hugo, but I didn't. And I didn't enjoy the 3D Last week we were in incredible amount of disagreement, particularly on the original Muppets movie. You gave it a 10 out of 10. I gave it a 1 out of 10. Well, in this time, we're in perfect synchronicity, like the interweaving cogs of a clock tower. I'm going to give it 5.5 out of 10. Okay. Is that your vert? You're done? Yeah. Oh, I interrupt you again. (laughs) (laughs) You may speak, slave. Okay. (laughs) Okay, five and a half out of ten for both of us. That's that's fantastic. Okay, now as always, got a bit of housekeeping, as we have already alluded to. People uh, love the housekeeping. I'm surprised they even listen to the podcast. I think people just skip through the podcast to get yeah. to the housekeeping. Oh, no doubt. Everyone's no favourite doubt. segment. Well, we should have theme music not for the opening. People don't care about that. We should have theme music just for housekeeping. My friend Kirsten, get on a housekeeping theme. <laughs> Do it. So what is the housekeeping? Well, as you know, uh, the Oscar nominations have just come out. And we had a little bit of a uh, Moneyball Oscar competition, which I'm not sure if all of our listeners know about this, because I think our Moneyball podcast is our least listened to podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Like the Oakland days, the uh, Moneyball podcast is a bit underappreciated, underfollowed. But we actually had some people enter this competition. Uh, It's pretty much we had to pick four... Uh, actors and each of them that got nominated you got 50 points if they end up winning the oscar you got 200 points so got a bit of a score update now the nominations are out how many points are you on of my four picks one of them got nominated so i've got 50 back on my on my 100 investment so far with the chance of getting 200 fingers crossed come on glenn close yeah i got three of mine in yeah Uh, so i'm on 150 points with the potential to get 600 points. Even a broken clock is sometimes right three out of four times. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we've got, uh, we've got that. Uh, we had some, some listeners. Uh, Ian Burt uh, got two of his nominations through. So uh, Melrose Streep and Christopher Plummer, both who are in a very good position to win. So he, he's definitely looking good. He's on 100 points currently. And uh, Brian also uh, played the game. He's just got Jess- Jessica Chastain through. So a bit like you, he's on 50 points uh, with, with a potential to get 200 uh, more. So, uh, look, if, if me and Ian bomb out 
and either Chastain or Glenn Close wins, uh, you and Brian could still come through and take this. So anyone can still win this game. <laughs> and the prize, obviously, is a signed baseball by me, you and me. Clearly the thing you should most be excited for on Oscar night is the result of this game and who wins the signed baseball. Yeah. The yeah. biggest prize on offer on Oscar night is, is the signed baseball. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Suck on that, George Clooney. <laughs> Moneyball did quite well. George Clooney. Yeah. I definitely would have responded, that's what she said. <laughs> and I bet he could say that. So, um... Probably. Probably. He does pretty well with the ladies, from what I hear. <laughs> um, Not sure what they want him to suck on. <laughs> I'm sure they can think of something. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, anyway, um, Moneyball actually did pretty well with the Oscar nominations. Uh, picked up six, including Best Picture. Hmm. Had a drive do. Got snubbed in a few categories. Did get nominated in yeah. Sound Mixing. Sound Mixing, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. No, it's good. that's good for drive. That's nice. Yeah, it's everyone knows it's one of it's probably probably the most important category. This is one taken seriously. Some of the other ones they're just kind of trophy yeah. token yeah. prizes, but no, it's, yeah, sound. You know. They, that's what they say. The way yeah. of the sound mixes <laughs> goes the way of the nation. Yeah, it might have been editing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well there we go. I think our time is running out. Uh better quickly run up to our little clock tower and Move it along. <laughs> that was like a really subtle reference, and then you complete it with just entirely literal run up to the clock tower and end the podcast. <laughs> okay, I'm off. It was like Ben Kingsley going, I'd recognise the sound of a film projector anyway. Like, really, that's not a surprise. You didn't need to tell us that. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty recognisable sound. Yes. Oh, who wrote this movie? And that's the, the sound end. of, like, cogs turning to, to end the podcast. And that's the end of the podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.